This is All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, now we bring you a discussion on enhancing operation capabilities of Indian Armed Forces. The participants are Commodore C. Uday Bhaskar, Defense Analyst, and Ajay Banerjee, Journalist. We are in the middle of very important events happening around the country. There is a Goa Maritime Conclave going on in which there are around 10 Navy heads of the various countries out there. We have been holding consultations with those countries. The National Security Advisor, Mr. Ajit Dawal, has been speaking out there. The Navy Chief has spoken out there. We are also in the middle of a very important exercise in the Arunachal Pradesh called Exercise Him, which is being conducted by the Modern Strike Corps. China has raised some objections about the exercise. We have brushed aside those. Kamara Bhaskar, how do you see this development, especially in front of Chinese President Xi Jinping's land visit to India in the next few weeks? We are aware historically that China has always expressed this kind of a sentiment whenever there is any activity related to Arunachal Pradesh as a state of India, the Indian Union, and their own view about that. The second, of course, is the fact that there is an exercise of this nature going on in Vijay, as you have just mentioned. And they have gone to the extent of conveying, quote-unquote, their views about this in the run-up to the visit of Mr. Xi Jinping. So I would locate this in, I think, the larger undercurrent in the India-China relationship, where I would say that not only is it about territoriality, which is the broader issue, but the specific case of Arunachal Pradesh. And whenever India has conducted such an exercise, the Chinese interpretation is that it is aimed against them and therefore they would like to raise the flag. But this does not, shall we say, take into account the various Chinese actions across the 4,000 kilometers of the line of actual control. So I would say that this is predictable at one level. But for India, I think it's also part of the annual exercise schedule that is drawn up. And you'll recall, Ajay, you've been covering defense very closely, that the exercise is also conducted based on the calendar, the commitments of the units over there, as also the weather. So if you look at all these, and I would say that India had already announced it. So there is nothing, you know, which is, shall we say, not transparent as far as this exercise is concerned. Now to just extend this analogy, as we were discussing earlier, India exercises a number of countries. We have an exercise with Mongolia. Now it's quite possible that they can say that even this is something that would cause concern because Mongolia's own geography. And Mongolia and China are not the best of friends. Exactly. So I'm saying this way you can interpret this any which way. So I think for India, I would say that the fact that it was announced in advance and it happens to not quite coincide but it is proximate to the visit of Mr. Xi Jinping is something that both sides will take on board and it should be seen as I would describe it as a routine activity. So the Mountain Strike Corps has been exercising as we all know was raised on five seven years ago. Its units are still being raised. The concept of an integrated battle group is being tested now as part of exercise Himbije. Last time the Mountain Strike Corps did such a big exercise was when the Doklam standoff was on and the Mountain Strike Corps teams were exercising in eastern Ladakh. They carried on for around two months and this year we are doing it again in Arunachal Pradesh. It started somewhere in the 1st to 2nd of October and planned for another 20 days in Arunachal Pradesh. They are conducting quick transfer of troops ahead in the valleys. Militarily, Commodore Bhaskar, what does this mean? Two things again here, Ajay. One is, I think, the fact that India has acknowledged the need to have such a capability. You'll recall... This reference to the Mountain Strike Corps, if I remember right, goes back to the time when we had General V.K. Singh as the Chief of the Army Staff. And so 
my inference as an analyst is that India is signaling that this is a kind of capability in terms of response that India would like to acquire, which is based on certain operational considerations going back over the last decade plus. Now, yes, we had Doklam after that. And I think that, in a way, illustrates the need for the Indian military, not just the army, to have the capability for much quicker response than has been the case with the existing operational kind of configuration. But the real challenge is what you just mentioned in passing, which is that we have not been able to induct or infuse any new resources. So when we talk about the Mountain Strike Corps, we are really trying to rewire existing assets as far as the Eastern Army is concerned. Now one hopes that when we move ahead that we would have a more greater level of infusion of equipment as also HR and assets because apart from what the army brings to the table one hopes that we would have the equivalent of greater surveillance for instance and greater integration with air power. When and how this will happen I am sure our operational leaders are cognizant of this. That is where I think you would have a much greater composite kind of ability to move forces as also to keep certain areas under surveillance and the temporal cycle can be defined on the nature of the operational requirement. Will it be of a shorter duration? Will it be of a longer duration? And that's how you decide what kind of assets you will bring to the table. So I think the basic point is that India's ability to rewire and have a different kind of operational response timing is what is at the, I would say, the heart of the current initiative. Before we talk about anything else, I'll draw you into the Goa Maritime Conclave. Very important. Each year we've been conducting it in Goa. Very important to see destination for us because our assets, sea-going fighter jets, MiG-29Ks are based out there. How important is this militarily, strategically? So many heads of state coming in. The NSA had said something. The Navy Chief Admiral Karambir has said something in the past few days. Well, first of all, I think we should recall that this is the second edition. If you remember, the Goa Maritime Conclave where it provides a platform for the heads of navies who are littoral to the Indian Ocean is something that was embarked upon in 2017 as an extension of India's own investment in the equivalent of maritime diplomacy. It was also harmonizing, I would say, with the initiative of Prime Minister Narendra Modi when he gave the call for SAGAR. Security and growth for all in the region is a Modi acronym in many ways. Now, the challenge was how do we take this forward? So, amongst various initiatives, if you remember, the Indian Navy had also pioneered something called the IONS, the Indian Ocean Naval Symposium. So, this I would describe as an extension wherein you have the heads of navies who otherwise do not meet under a single banner. Now, without in any way suggesting that this is becoming some kind of a naval security forum, I would describe this as a place where the focus on shared responsibilities, collective security, through the mechanism of shared responsibility. You mean a kind of a common domain picture which the Naval Chief has mentioned yesterday. That's the point. That, you know, if you look at the last three days in the deliberations, when Mr. Ajit Doval, the National Security Advisor, he had delivered the inaugural address, he was emphasizing the same point that we are a group of like-minded countries and we would like to have the equivalent of a common operation picture. He was also talking about the need for a certain investment in research and the latest technologies to get the domain awareness and then share it in the most appropriate way. The focus being terrorism from sea. Now, there are a number of activities that you could bring under the broad spectrum of criminality 
all the way up to terrorism, gun running, illegal fishing, narcotics, and the whole works. How do you deal with it? Now, the capacities of the smaller countries may not be appropriate or adequate to deal with the challenge. So that is where I think India has stepped up to the plate and said that we have a certain technological capability for surveillance. You recall we have the MDA, the Maritime Domain Awareness kind of center that we have in Gurugram. Now that is something that we can share with those countries that would like to have this. For our listeners, sir, who are these we when we refer to the countries? Well, if you recall or imagine the entire Indian Ocean, all the countries that are littoral to the Indian Ocean, now that you ask, for instance, in this particular conclave in Goa, which just concluded a few days ago, we had 10 heads of navies. Now, the countries that came were from both sides of the Indian Ocean, meaning the Arabian Sea, the Bay of Bengal and the Southern Indian Ocean. We had Maldives, we had Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Myanmar, Thailand, Indonesia, Seychelles, Mauritius, Singapore and Malaysia. That's a widespread. It's a widespread. Yes, there is a certain focus in the Bay of Bengal and the Indian Low East policy. But we also have countries like Seychelles over there, which are quite south, as also Mauritius in the Southern Indian Ocean. So I think this is also a reflection of India's credibility that today India has been acknowledged as a country that can respond, for instance, in an HADR situation, that is humanitarian assistance, disaster relief, as we did in 2004 in the tsunami. And subsequently, I think India's technological capacity that see, particularly satellites and MDA, is something that is now being recognized. And along with the ASEAN countries, you know, we are able to now provide the equivalent of a continuous, what is called as a white shipping picture, meaning that you can identify every merchant ship above a certain size, which carries the transponders, so that you can map the Indian Ocean in terms of the movement of ships. Now, this is important not only for regulating, but also to intercept in the event there is any activity that a country feels is threatening to its own maritime and national security. After all, we are the country that went through Mumbai 26-11. So it's in that sense, I think Goa is actually a very, I would say, positive exercise. And see the harmonization from the time Prime Minister Modi in Modi 1.0 spoke about Sagar to the way in which now India has created the nuts and bolts. And I would locate the Goa Maritime Conclave, which happens every two years, as part of that effort. And I think it is significant that the NSA, who now has a very important locus in higher defense management, not only is he the National Security Advisor, but he's also the chair of the Defense Planning Committee. And he would also now, I think, be looking at the equivalent of infusing greater synergy as far as the Indian agencies are concerned. And now it's not just about the militaries alone, but I imagine the Indian Coast Guard, the Indian intelligence agencies will all be involved if we talk about composite security and the ability to realize security and growth for all in the region in a way that every country, whether it is small or big, feel that it is their ocean. And at the level of common perception, when we talk about why should we invest in the Indian Ocean, illegal fishing is a very good example. To put in perspective to our listeners, is it that India is emerging as a leader in this Indian Ocean? I hesitate to use the word leader. I'll tell you why, Ajay, because in the past we are aware that there is a certain sensitivity that when it comes to security issues, leaders are there when you have a formal military alliance. So if you talk like about the NATO, United States is the leader. But when we talk about regions like Asia, particularly the IOR, I would say that India is now a credible coordinator. India provides a platform where countries can share not only their anxieties, 
but also see whether or not they can be the equivalent of resource sharing and capability sharing which is the emphasis that mr doval for instance gave in this particular conference and admiral karamit singh the chief of naval staff in his own remarks both during the conference and subsequently has emphasized the same point that now india is looking at the equivalent of both bilateral and multilateral cooperation which will include significant maritime component it will also be more i would say holistic so it would perhaps we should not look at this only as naval diplomacy or maritime diplomacy but a larger effort by india for bilateral and multilateral cooperation which will include large components of the navy the maritime the coast guard by the way which is a very important aspect but again we come back to the challenge for india is resources because it's all very well to say that the navy is credible and it is carrying out all the kind of functions it is just now that we have identified look at the number of exercises the indian navy conducts it is almost constantly on exercise in different units now that leads to a certain amount of wear and tear as far as platforms are concerned whether it is the ships or the aircraft or whatever be the assets you bring to the each exercise at the moment the navy's budget is 13% that is too modest thank you commander bhaskar for speaking to us thank you you were listening to a discussion on enhancing operation capabilities of indian armed forces the participants were commander c uday bhaskar defense analyst and ajay banerjee journalist this program was produced and presented by the news services division of all india radio This program is also available on our website newsonair.com. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks@gmail.com. You can also follow us on the News on Air app for updates.